Praise God. Thank you, guys. Indeed, that is our cry, Lord, how long. Spirit and the bride say, come. Amen. And uh, this is what's so wonderful when you get a group of Christians together, you know, spirit-filled Christians, like-minded Christians. There's a sense expecting the Lord. Amen. And it's so wonderful when we praise and worship like that and uh, just to be in his presence and that excitement that bubbles from within, I hope it's met with you as well. Amen. And we can honestly uh, uh, resonate with that song. How long? How long? The spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus, come. And he is coming. Amen. He is coming. And we are waiting eagerly for his return. Oh, praise God. I'm so blessed already. You know, all the busyness of the week. And, uh, you know, as I was reading through 1 Thessalonians and that one bit where Paul says, I long to come to you, but sin hindered me. You know, that, <laughs> that sentence was resonating with me. And I just recognized as we were preparing for this week, there's a lot of that going on, a hindering from Satan. And, you know, he always seeks to derail, to destroy and to bring down, tear down the work of God. And all the more in the days that we live now. And we need to be alert. <laughs> and, then, and to my shame, you know, to, towards the, the last few weeks, you know, you realize all things are getting a little bit more uh, uh, heightened, as it were. And you begin to recognize the enemy is seeking to, to, to wreck the work of God. And, it's, you know, it's kind of like a wake-up call. I'm like, duh, come on, you know, get with it. Begin to pray, begin to intercede, begin to engage in spiritual warfare and stand firm. And praise God, he's brought us here. And just to open like that is just wonderful. We thank God, you know, and we're looking forward to many more sessions like that this week. We can just be lost in the Lord's presence and allow him to move amongst us. Amen. Please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55, if you've got your Bibles, please. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, and then you can also turn to uh, keep your finger at 1 Thessalonians if you want. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He's going to look at a few things this evening by God's grace to help us get ready, (laughs) have our hearts prepared. I hope and pray that you've come with prepared hearts already. (laughs) You don't wake up, as it were, spiritually halfway through the week. But even if you do, praise God, you've woken up. But I pray that you've come with a heart prepared. You know, these type of gatherings are, are, are vital. I'm, I'm sure one day we'll look back and we'll how important they really were. And you know that scripture in Hebrew says, do not forsake your gathering together. All the more as you see the day approaching. And what a blessing we have to be together tonight as the children of God. Amen. We can just, it's just wonderful. We can worship and praise the Lord. And you can go to another country where they speak a different language and they might sing the same songs we sung tonight in a different language, but you just sense the presence of God there and you know we're united in the Spirit of God. And it is a miracle, a wonderful miracle. And so this is a wonderful privilege for us to be together like this. Isaiah 55, I'll just read verse 10 and 11, and then uh, allow me just to pray, and then we'll go through a few other scriptures. Isaiah 55, from verse 10 and 11. On my version, New King James Version, it says, For as the rain comes down, 
as you see. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not turn there, water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, capital M, this is God's words, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Hallelujah. Lord, as we come to your word tonight, we just pray, Lord, that your word would truly accomplish that for which it is sent out for. We thank you, Lord, for our hearts here tonight. You've brought us here in sovereign grace and your mercy, and we say thank you for it. And so, Lord, tonight we just ask that you'd speak deep into our hearts, for, Lord, only you know exactly where we are at tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that you do have an appointment with us, each and every one of us, young and old. And we make ourselves wholly available to you, to use for the glory of your name, and that you would achieve, Lord, accomplish that thing which you have sent out, Lord, in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. It's an amazing thing, the word of God goes out. And how many time, how many of us here can testify in various ways? I hope tonight, when that first time, when that word hit you, as it were, you listen to an evangelist or a colleague at work or a family member, and they delivered that word, maybe something you've heard many times before, but it penetrated your heart. And something happened. And you changed when you devoted yourself and you gave yourself over to the Lord. And you talk about the born-again experience, yeah? When you were born again of the Spirit of God. And this is an amazing thing. And I want us just to notice as we go through this, it says, it's my word that goes forth from my mouth. It is God's word, amen? It is his word. And we can put our own spin on it. We can get our own opinions out. And all these, at the end of the day, it is God's word. And each and every one of us are one day going to be judged according to that word. Not our own interpretation. So no private interpretation. His word is his word. And then, and this is something wonderful for us to understand. Now we know from John chapter 1, don't that Jesus is the word. We can perhaps just have a look at that. John chapter 1, a very well-known passage. In the Bible. No, in Isaiah chapter 55, in context there, it's talking, you know, the, the, the thrust, if you like, of that passage about repentance. Paul says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor, and love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia, 
or uh, uh, it's pronounced Achaya, I can say that because I'm Afrikaans, who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and, and Achaya, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. You know, it is said that Paul only spent We know at the very least, three Sabbaths, if you read Thessalonians. The very least. But we know that he did not spend a very long time with the church of Thessalonians. Some reckon maybe a few months, even a very short space of time. And you see what Paul is writing here to this early church. The depth that he obviously went in with them. Jesus is Death, his burial, his resurrection. And indeed, Thessalonians, one and two Thessalonians, if you study it, is saturated with this expectation of the Lord's return as we sing like we did today. How long? How long? <laughs> if we could time travel back to the first century and be with first century believers, I bet there would be much the same expectation as we have here today. How long? There's this expectation that's from the Spirit of God as we read in Revelation, the spirit and the bride say come. It is a true sign. Let me say this to you tonight. It is a true sign of a spirit-filled believer that there is a strong expectation for the Lord's return. And there is a love. You know, the Bible talks about having love disappearing. And you just long for that truth, don't you? And that is a wonderful sign. And I want to encourage us right off the bat <laughs> because I know sometimes we book ourselves into these type of things or husband and wife drag us along to these type of things. <laughs> but our hearts are really not here. And I pray, just like we see a little example here in 1 Thessalonians where the word of God clearly went out under the anointing of Paul's preaching, Timothy and Silas, these early disciples. And the word of God accomplished those things for which it was sent out for. And these guys received it wonderfully. If you read in verse 13, just a few, uh, two, two verse 13, so chapter 2, verse 13, sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And Paul says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Paul was, you know, we read these words, friends, sometimes, but let me tell you, Paul was clear, you can read this, you know, it even jumps off in the pages in English, okay? He was clearly excited about what's happening in Thessalonica. Very excited. Having seen other places he's gone to where they were kicked out and treated harshly. Indeed, even in Thessalonica, they were treated harshly by the Jews and in Berea, even after all the places they went to are treated harshly. But... These Thessalonians, they received the word of God with joy. And he says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. 
Now, I want to ask us all a question, and I include myself here. You know, we have the privilege to bring the word of God to the, the, you know, to the church. But, you know, I was once asked by a wise old man when I was studying, does the word of Christ dwell in you richly? If you turn back the page, Colossians 3.16 In verse 15, Colossians 3.15, the, the verse we could probably all quote, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Does the word of God, the word of Christ, dwell in you richly tonight? Is it working in you effectively (laughs) is the question. Is it work for you (laughs) in the morning when you wake up and you think, oh, i got to do my quiet time before work? And it's really hard for you to do. And every day it's a battle and a battle and you begin to concede and you give a little bit of and you give a little bit and you give a little bit. You know, friends, it's not long and you find yourself so far down the slippery slope and you realize how far have I fallen. When you remember, when you remember like these Thessalonians, when they received the word of God that first time, I don't know how you came to the Lord. It'd be wonderful if we all could share with one another throughout this week how you came to know the Lord. (laughs) And, you, you, you know, somebody was speaking at the front and maybe you didn't even hear a word they said, but you know the Spirit of God was speaking to you and the very Word of God was doing something in your heart and you responded. I want to challenge each and every one of us tonight, going into this week. How far have we slipped away from that first love You know, that was what Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, remember? All the good works they did in Revelation chapter 2, I think it is, or 3-2. All the good work, they labor, and all the good things that they did. But this thing I have against you, that you have left your first love. Repent and do the first works. Come back to that place. And you know, it's amazing when you read the words of Paul. Spirit-filled Paul. Minister of Jesus, an apostle of Jesus who had an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. (laughs) Aren't you glad tonight that God arrested him? Changed that man that was persecuting the church. And here Paul, being spirit-filled, I believe shows something of the love of Christ and the the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. This church, (laughs) this church perhaps not even seen Jesus. But they received the word of God as it is, the word of God and not the word of men. I've seen before, you know, I've got nothing against apologetics. I used to study it and I used to love listening to apologists and the arguments. And there's a great need for good apologists in in our day. But I've seen people have Arguments, apologetic arguments, a beaver with an unbeliever. And the equipped, trained 
believing apologist can walk all over, even an equipped, trained atheist, if you like, and beat them just in the argument that there is a God and you are accountable to him. And they can show them all kinds of facts throughout nature and science and all kinds of things. And they can get them in a corner. But still nothing happens. Have you seen that? Perhaps you've seen that with family, friends. You've convinced them so that the Bible is true, that there is a God. But unless the Spirit of God, the Word of God, does a work, effective work in their hearts, friends, we are just making mind converts, if you like. You see? And that's no good. Somebody once said the longest journey in the whole world is from a man's head to his heart. And you can see how that's true. I knew all, uh, I know a great evangelist. He's very good one-to-one. And uh, I used to spend time with him. Some of you may remember N- Nigel Thompson used to uh, come to our church at Three Mile Cross. He's a fantastic one-on-one evangelist. <laughs> And I used to watch him. Somebody would come do work at his house or something, and he'd preach the gospel to him. And then, of course, the argument would start, you know, all the science and all this stuff. But as soon as Nigel kind of hit the limit, he would just cut through everything. He'd poke the man in the chest. (laughs) So I'm not interested in what's up there, man. Yeah, what's happening here? And I've seen men cry when he does that. I think, Lord, if I started poking somebody in their chest, nothing would probably happen. (laughs) But he's an evangelist, doing the work of an evangelist, you see. It's not about what's up here. It's about what's happening in here. And friends, I want to ask us tonight, and as we get ready to go into this week, are you allowing the word of God to dwell in you richly? You know, when these guys received Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they did not receive them as rock stars and roll out the red carpet for them because they were these fantastic, well-known speakers. They didn't receive it as a word from men. No. As it is, the word of God. He says to them in verse 5, For our gospel did not come to you only, did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your your sake. Isn't that something that's missing in today's modern-day church? A lot of word, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of entertainment, there's a lot of many things. But I find there's a lack of power. Holy Spirit power that genuinely changes lives. Friends, we can whip up an emotional service if you like. You know, I've seen churches back in South Africa where they would openly advertise in newspapers, local mega church seeking gifted musicians, pay them so that they could serve on their praise and worship team. Nothing about, are you a believer? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? No, we just want you to make good music. So we can get people in and entertain them and create an emotional environment. And I remember working or studying with a a group of young believers once and seeing some of them break down when you really begin to dig into the word of God. 
and they realize that they, 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 they're so shallow. And when you begin to, as it were, what, what happened with them, they, they, they respond to some kind of emotional something that happened at some kind of conference they went to or something. And they had words spoken of them, over them, prophecies given and all kinds of things. And they find themselves at Bible college doing something that they have no idea what it's all about. And they come to a point where they just collapse. And those people like us are so hard to pick up again. And you realize that God didn't do an effective work in them, you see. What a shame. <laughs> what a shame. When the people of God are thirsty, but they go and find nothing to drink, as it were. Great big shows, great big things that we can put up, but lacking in power. Also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. If you've been a believer, a spiritual believer for a season of time, you will know for sure there is, like Jesus said, in this life you will have tribulations. You'll have trouble. You'll have difficulties. And we know that. And they received the word of God even in much affliction. They wanted to rid of Paul and Silas and Peter. I mean, there was like money and all kinds of things involved. Jason had to step in. If you read in Acts chapter 17, the whole backdrop to what happened over here. Much affliction. You can clearly see as they go from place to place, preach the word of God. There is always kickback. There is always kickback. But that last bit of verse 6 Much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Another true mark of a true Christian, spiritual believer, joy of the Lord will be strength. Even in the midst of great affliction. I don't think I need to spell it out to any of us. need to spell it out to any of us here. We know we are going into dark times. Times we're living in is dark. Christians are not. It's astonishing. We're, you know, we're not welcome in society today. It is dark times. But there's great joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to challenge each and every one of us and urge us this week, would you come back to the Lord? Come back to your first love. You know, there's that song, Lord, I'm sorry for the thing I've made. I want to come back to the heart of worship. Come back to what it's all about. To sit at your feet, to worship you. Come in here and just to be free and say, Lord, forgive me. I've drifted away. I've allowed the busyness of life. I've allowed the stress of life. All the pressures that are on us today to pull me away from you. The one who saved you, gave his very life for you. Joy of the Holy Spirit. And this is what it says in verse 7. So that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believed. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone out. So that we do not need to say anything. An apostle's dream. (laughs) 
The church so on fire for him that wherever they go, everybody knows this great people of faith. This is a great challenge to us today. Are we ashamed of our faith? Are we afraid to speak out? You know, it's difficult in our time because Christianity, if you like, has come such a long way since it has here. This is the church in its infant stage. You know, they were known as the way. They weren't even known as Christians fairly early on. Later on, they were known as Christians. By this time, maybe even they were known as Christians. But it was a new thing. Free from all the traditions and the things that the church has added throughout the years. And so I can understand in a small way how sometimes when people say, are you a Christian? And you think, oh, <laughs> yes, I am. But I know what you're going to think the minute I say I'm a Christian. <laughs> Do you see? Because they think Catholicism. They think, you know, incense. And, you know, whatever people's experience or their culture is of Christianity, that's what they're going to see. Or they'll tell you about that one Christian back 15 years ago that cheated out of money or something. <laughs> they'll remember something negatively, you know, about Christians. But my friends, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to say, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm a born-again believer. And you know what? It's not about what comes out of your mouth as such. It's what they see in your eyes, about what they see, about your body language. And here, you know, he says here, because you know, towards the end of verse 5, you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. There was something about Paul, Silas, and Timothy that was authentic. It wasn't a show. And that is a huge challenge to us. Do people look at us and see something different? And they can see, well, there's a true Christian. <laughs> Praise God. And this is a wonderful example that we see here. One small example in 1 Thessalonians, where the word of God accomplished that for which it was sent out for. But friends, it was how they received it. I can open my heart to the Lord or I can close my heart to the Lord. That's an amazing thing, that. Terrible, sad thing. But I want to challenge each and every one of us, young and old, as we go into this week. And I include myself. I need ministry of the Word of God just as, as every one of you do, as does John and my dad and Jared and all of those of you that bring the Word, at, you know, wherever you may be, house groups or whatever. We all need to sit under the ministry and the Word of God. We all need to be topped up and refreshed. Amen. We need to come back to the Word of God and let it dwell in us richly. Let it work in us effectively. Let it expose our shortcomings and lead us to a place of repentance, do you see? Would you receive from him this week? And friends, let me say to you, it may not be in the meetings. <laughs> Give you a heads up. <laughs> it may be when you're back at your caravan or you're in your lodge and you talk to somebody else around here and the Lord does a work in you. I want to encourage each and every one of us as believers here, be on the lookout, be on the alert. Have that discernment. When the Lord prompts you, go speak to so-and-so. Go and just be with them and see what the Lord would do. <laughs> Amen. It's wonderful when you walk around and you see people praying with each other. May we see that this week. Amen. 
Amen. Let me just pray for you. And then one of John and Ian and Sarah, if you guys have got something just to close tonight before we go for teas and coffees. But I just think it's important for us to just make sure our hearts are engaged, if you like, if I can use that word. And we shut out the noise of the world. Amen, Lord. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your word that has been sent out. We thank you for the living word, our Lord Jesus, Lord, the great light that has come into this world, Lord, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Lord, I thank you for that light that is a life of men, that tonight we can sit here as your born-again believers, having that light of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and that the darkness of this world cannot overcome the light. And we thank and praise you for it tonight. Lord, we just pray that you'd help us tonight, even in these early stages of this week, Lord, to lift up even weak and weary hands, but to worship you in spirit and in truth and to say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I've neglected you, my Savior. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. And we pray that tonight, Lord, we would turn back to you. Hallelujah. That pour upon us the showers, Lord, of your blessings, Lord. That would so flood our hearts, Lord, that rivers of living water would gush out from within us again. Lord, where we've grown dry and barren, I pray that tonight we would set it right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand and we just sing to the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's sing, Lord, how majestic you are. Lord, how majestic.